watching prohibition fall down. What's up, DGC? Scotty Real hanging out with the good Dr. Colin Bell. What's up? Hey, hey, yeah. much. how are you? Yeah, the innovator of mammoth microbes, and man, we got something new, brother. We got something new. It's mammoth biocontrol. That's right, mammoth biocontrol preventative for mites and thrips. Mites and thrips. All right, I got a very special surprise for you, brother. Tell me. Thrips in my greenhouse. What? <laughs> Actually, it's in my indoor greenhouse, but yeah, it's kind of strange. I guess I was, oh, first off, are thrips a really common problem here? I don't know if I've ever had them before. If so, they have mites, definitely huge problem. Everybody gets them. Thrips, not so much. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Where do they come from? The grass? Yeah, from the ground, most things. But I'll tell you what, I've just learned recently by engaging in a lot of facilities and right. talking with Susan the Bug Lady that thrips are ravaging the country really? right now. Yeah, so I think that, like everything else, uh, some pest pressures uh, ebb and flow. And there's a couple new thrips that have been turning up lately in cultivation facilities that are kind of being tricky for growers. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I used to know them. Okay, so let's think about it. I was going to say, I used to know them as fairly easy to beat, but I might not have been using the right things to beat them. You know, so let's talk about why, first off, there's, there's products out there, pesticides that people have been getting away with using black market type stuff that... Mm -hmm. Ken, I, I think it's really harmful. I don't understand why it's really harmful. Let's take something like a neonicotoid, which, uh, God, I don't even know what the uh, what the brand names of those are. But there's there's a, the Barrett, real, mallet. There you uh, go. Bear tree and shrub. Yes. So you can go buy that. Even bear tree and shrub. Amidacloprid is the is the active ingredient in those, and they're. Uh, because I used to say, oh, it's just nicotine. If the plant sucks up some nicotine, then what's the big deal? You know, you smoke nicotine in cigarettes. Well, I, I understand it. This is one of the reasons, one of the inspirations for having more natural uh, solutions. And that's what our company, Mammoth, Mammoth Microbes, does. Is right. We figure out natural sure. microbial and other natural solutions <laughs> to help bring value to cultivators. And we have a bio. Give me that stuff. Let me check it out. We have we'll a, read bio, the label. a bio. Uh, nutrient delivery like Mammoth P, and we'll come out with some more products. And Recharge is another example, engaging and maximizing the plant's health. Sure, sure. And we're coming out with a biocontrol line where we can start figuring out natural solutions to help mitigate pests. And, you know, I was talking with the health department years ago when I was at one of the conferences in Pueblo, and the reason a lot of the chemical, for, pe chemical pesticides have been banned is because the ultimate use of cannabis is there's combustion residues that occur and stay on the plant. And then when it's combusted, it can convert into some really toxic carcinogenic uh, properties, which carcinogens uh, create cancer. And so they're very concerned for human health. And that's why a lot, especially in the cannabis industry, a lot of the traditional chemical pesticides have been banned. Right. Yeah. It kind of blows my mind that with cannabis, they're, they're banning all of these. But with tobacco, most of these are... Like they'll throw the kitchen sink at a tobacco plant really? and it's meant yeah. to be ingested it's by true. smoking too. So it's, that's a really interesting phenomenon that I don't have an answer to oh, other than money. When, when we talk about politics, <laughs> lobbyists, lobbyists. Yes, yeah. lobbyists. The it's tobacco lobby is huge. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, unfortunately, it's probably true. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad that uh, the cannabis industry, although it's not easy, but nothing in life is easy, that sure. we're, we're able to mitigate this challenge because – by the cannabis and activists like us doing this, we're making uh, making 
cannabis safer and cultivation safer for growers and for consumers. We're going to shoot ourselves in the foot if we say, hey, we should all be allowed to grow our own medicine. We should have, you know, we should legalize this medicine. And then we go and spray pesticides on it that uh, make us sick. Yeah, that's absolutely absolutely counterintuitive. I think most people feel that way. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Of course, man. 100%. They, even if we're using it just to relax at the end of the day, it's still medicine. And you know what? It's still right. a replacement for a lot more uh, toxic, a lot more harmful things in our lives. Absolutely true. So, yeah. The options that we have is that we're going to take away neonicotoids. We're going to take away organophosphates, which are just absolutely some of the most terrible uh, chemicals. So you would never want to get close to them. Uh, now we're going to talk about, I remember horticulture. This is a horticultural oil, correct? Yeah. You can call it a horticultural oil. It's plant extract oil. Sure. Okay. So I, I remember there, there's a bunch of oils on the market. There's, I thought I remembered something about droplet size and what they were actually extracted from making the difference. I think that there's a couple different things. There's micronized, which came out for a while. I don't understand that. It's micronized. Micronized. I know that's kind of <laughs> yeah, but they're nanoparticles. I, they're I, nano. I, all that's just buzzwords. Yeah, so I, don't, I think they're buzzwords. I don't understand personally what that means. What, what I think about is is active chemistry, and it can be a biological, natural chemistry, but it's still chemistry at some level when you're talking about these extracts. You think about cannabinoids and terpenes sure. being chemistry, biochemistry that helps interact and bring us health. Well, uh, in, in, in the plant world, uh, plants create different chemicals that can attract insects or repel insects. And what we decided to do was come up with a line, a vertical, a biocontrol vertical within the Mammoth Company, with our company, uh, that can extract those particular chemical constituents from sure. plants sure. that do a very good job of repelling specific insects. And uh, what I'll say is, you know, there's a couple different modes of action in this particular product. This is all completely natural, but the only way we know it works is we validated it. And so we have greenhouses that we grow cannabis in Hang for on. agriculture purposes. I know he goes to me, we're talking before and I go, oh, I can't wait to get my greenhouse going, make, get some vegetables. He goes, oh, all our greenhouses are filled with cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Well, we don't have veggies. I love it. We have cannabis, so. Hey, how do you how do you test if this works? Just don't tell me about that. So we we conduct experiments, and these are greenhouse experiments where we validate. And this is really cool. Not only do we validate this technology, we validated eight other top technologies or most popular technologies currently in the market, including chemicals. And you know those are the bench lines. At the end of the day. This has to work, and it has to work repeatedly right. in, in order to pass a test for us to push this into uh, the market to get in the hands of growers. And so we repeated this experiment five times, and what we did is we had a huge plant count for every treatment group right. in a greenhouse, and we infected the greenhouse with mites. And then it still makes me shiver. It's really, <laughs> it's really hard. The first time you walk in yeah, there, you man. realize what we're doing Jesus. on purpose. And and we to have, spotted spider mite just to be uh, yeah, to be clear yeah, for this particular experiment okay. just to validate the mite and by, aspect just of this. Anybody is confused. Uh, spider mites. If you're looking, if you have them, a spider mite will have two spots, or at least there's a two spotted spider mite, which is one of the most popular ones, the unpopular ones, I should say. But that's <laughs> how you would identify if you have spider mites. Yeah, and so this is right now. Just so we're clear, we're registered for all mites and for thrips. And we're collecting the data, and we think this works very well also for aphids and whiteflies, but I haven't got the effectiveness data back uh, to put this on the label, but everything that we test and validate and register has to have data back. Gotcha. It. And so as this label uh, will evolve over time, but we have to get the data back to validate it. But uh, it's, it's, it's cool. 
just to explain this experiment is a randomized block experimental design where we have eight different treatment groups, a control with nothing, sure, and just just nutrients, and all of them have nutrients, and then we have different pesticide or preventative solutions right. on a number of plants that are randomly scattered throughout the greenhouse. And so how you collect the data is you have a team of research technicians going and, and counting bugs regularly. So it's a very, very laborious Wait, process. That's a full-time job in most commercial yeah. production greenhouses and not just cannabis and vegetables and yeah. stuff where you pay scouts where yeah. their their job yeah. is to walk around and check traps and keep numbers of what pests are where yeah. so that you can come up with a treatment plan from that information. Yeah. And this is to that next rigor because we actually want real counts so we can look at the data. We sure. want not only uh, pass or fail, but we want to know what that number is. And we repeated this experiment five times. And, and every time what you could do, I love, I love this product because I know it works, but you'd go into a greenhouse, right. our greenhouse, and you'd look at a plant that's completely infested and it's, it's, it's secretly coated. So you don't know what treatment that is, but the treatment's obviously not working because it's, it's completely control. infested. Sure, sure. Yeah. Or one of the other treatments. Usually whatever. you can tell the control. And then, and then what, what you, what would you find is a plant right next to it won't have any spider mites on it. Same strain. Uh, same cultivar, same everything. And and then you see that pattern all through, and then you actually validate that through collecting the data. And you repeat that experiment five times, and that's five growing seasons of right. the data. It, it's incredible. And if, if we can go through that rigor and we assess for ourselves that the constituents uh, in, in this particular extract formula work that well, of course it fits, our, it fits the brand of, of mammoth for sure. And I mean, so it just puts out a, the mo- I, we'll get into the specific mode of action, but we're talking sure. about these plants uh, pull out, they all have smells. What would you call them? Uh, I thought I think they're terpenes. What'd you say they were? The, the smells that come off like uh, well, chrysanthemum, pheromones and there's different things. Sure. That are and and yeah. all that's the plant's secondary metabolism. It's mm-hmm. not driving plant growth. It's Got like it. its immune system and how it interacts with its environment and just uh other little things that it's doing that can play a huge role, like where they're not always terpenes and cannabinoids, sure. flavonoids, and sesquiterpenes, and all that. They can be other things that uh, act as like anti-pest or pest, or where they'll attract pollinators to the plant too. Does this yeah. does this just make a smell that plants don't or that bugs don't like to where they go would rather go to infected? In general, the all the essential oils I think do that. I think some work better than others, but. Yes, there's a repellent, and it's that. Sure. And I'll call it a chemical signal because smelling is actually a chemical signaling. So we'll to to talk about more generally. There's a chemical signaling with the with the with the constituents in here. And let's just be clear: this is a, a thyme extract with some corn oil as a carrier and a little wetting agent, a little surfactant, just to help it spread. And we you recommend said thyme? A little bit. Yeah, time. Like the shit I put in my spaghetti sauce. It's time. Yeah. Smell. Let me smell. Let me, let me it's, see it's from a really unique uh, source. And it's, it's like time. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing how well it works. And there's a couple different modes of action with any oil. You can actually repel some insects physically, and they can kind of uh, ingest or or their thorax can get can get clogged up That's with, a with the oil. Suffocant is that what they call that? And so that would be that would be a suffocant uh, functionality. Okay. And so that happens just inherently if you're or if you're adding any kind of essential oils, uh, some more than others. I think you have to have the right fractions to make sure that that they actually segregate enough where they can be taken up and 
this product does that well. And then the time, the constituents in the time that we use are the most active ingredients for repellent agencies, for preventatives. So this is like an extract, same way we're extracting the most active ingredients, the most sure. active cannabinoids, what it is, leaving yeah. the rest. It's pretty sophisticated for, for what it is. Right. I would call it at the top of its game for any kind of natural plant extract for a preventative Okay, so tell me how to use this now. We're using it prophylactically. We're using it as a, as a preventative every couple of weeks. What's Tell me. We recommend that we start with the plants after they've hardened early on as a preventative. And if we can get the plants in a state where they're, where they're pest-free and right. pressure-free up through early bloom, and then we can carry that plant through the rest of the growing season, it's a probability game. Sure. You, you can't get rid of pests uh, definitively. You just can't, but you can prevent them through your harvest, and then clean your room out and start over. So everything's a probability game. But right. what we can do is once these plant, once very, very early veg or late, late clone after the, the clones have actually hardened off, this right. is a foliar. Of and course, it's, yeah. It's just a concentration where we have an application rate of basically six mils per 250 mils of water. And then we recommend adding a little wetting agent, a very, very small amount. I think it's about half a mil. And, and that's just the application keep... rates are all in here in the, in the brochure. Sure. But that's just the wetting agent is just to keep it from just rolling right off. So the wetting agent's a little different. So it, even though we have a little bit of a wetting agent in here, there's not very much. And we'd like to recommend a little more. And what it allows for is just that more even spreading. Got what it. happens is our oil will beat up slightly no mm -hmm. matter what. And the more of a wetting agent, and again, there's just a fraction of it, will spread out. And the reason we didn't add a full dose of wetting agent in here is because the wetting agents are, are water-based. And this is an oil-based product. And so it's like mixing oil and water. It doesn't mix well. Yeah. But once you mix uh, this oil solution and it's recommended application into a spray bottle or any kind of doser, it's dilute enough that it will accept a little more surfactant or wetting agent got it, got to, it. to spread out evenly. It will work without it. We've tested all of our trials with it. That's why we continue to recommend sure, it. Yeah. Sure, sure. All right, so give me the, first off, I got to ask you about uh, water droplets or, or droplets of oil. I yeah. was always told that that can burn your plants that you don't want to spray with the lights on. Is yeah. that just the best practice for any oil? Yeah, that's the best practice for any oil. We recommend it for that for those reasons also. Oil can act like a magnifying glass. Yes, it will drop rays. Mm -hmm. And it will, it will actually intensify light as it goes through. So what we recommend, and we recommend this with all oil applications, sure. is apply right when your lights go out. And in six hours, uh, you'll be fine. Right. I actually had some folks in Michigan, as a matter of fact, recently write to me. And, and like, like cannabis growers, among other growers, are experimenting. And they're going out and spraying uh, mammoth biocontrol on their veggies during the day. Sure. Their plants are in the day. And they have not seen the burning yet. Really? That's what they're saying. However, that's not what we're recommending on the label. Sure. And so... I think it's just uh, on a case-by-case -case basis to make sure that you're using the product within its specs and in best practices in general after dark. And not only do you want to get the top of the leaves, but the underside of the leaves is where a lot of the pests will actually reside, nice. especially at night sure. or underneath of there. And so yeah. contact is key. And that's why this isn't a soil drench. This is a foliar application. We use regular spray bottles, but it goes in a lot of different applicators. Oh, man, I've got one of those foggers. Ooh. Those are so good for something like this. Yeah, yeah, let's check it out. Okay, so 
The app, I know that with oils, it's not just, first off, can you use this to, as a knockdown or is this a preventative? If I've already got spider mites, can I go in there and knock them down? Or this is a IPM that I need to start from, or I want to start from the beginning for best results? For best results, I'm going to have to recommend starting as an integrated pest management. Sure. Uh, prevention is the best cure. Of and course. So yeah. Think about that. Yeah. You, you should never think of uh, pest management as starting when you realize that you have pests. That's right. It's, it's, Absolutely. It, it encompasses your cultural practices and your preventative regime to kind of make sure that that doesn't happen in the first place. Sure. I love that. I think that's really well said. And so, what we want to do is maximize the probability that you're not going to get any infestation. And that's if you'll spray early. What we recommend is four weekly applications during veg, you can start on hardened clones all the way through veg and you can actually keep it. I would recommend, I don't have any problem recommending it through the first couple weeks of bloom. Right. What we don't want is to add, and not just this product, any product, oils or anything to flowers if possible. Right. Because what they, it just doesn't get out, right? It just stays on there and ends up in your end product. I think that's the that's the concern, especially with a lot of the extraction. If you have oils, there's going to be a residual at some point. Yeah, you, can taste ne- you can them. taste neem and shatter if it's been sprayed in the last couple weeks of flower. Yeah. You can taste that in the concentrate. That's the feedback that I've gotten early on that made me uh, really strongly recommend not using this it passed a couple of weeks in, in bloom and you know everyone's going you know that you can be fine and get most of it on the vegetative but you don't want to go past i wouldn't want to go past it and i think most most people feel that way they don't want to spray flowers with anything and there's no, there's another no. case where i used to think that sulfur burning sulfur was a great solution so i'd hear it from a lot in of veg. growers in <laughs> veg. Yeah. veg is great but in but in bloom the same thing happens and if you're if you're blowing if you're extracting even your clippings Oh, and you do sulfur burning. You'll taste it. You'll taste it. It'll taste like rotten eggs. And I've had some some horror stories of product going to the market. Heard some horror stories of product going to the market uh, that they got. They extracted. It tested out clean, but they're not testing it for sulfur. They're testing it for THC and CBD. Not and yeah. and then you get horrible reviews on your extract because it tastes like you're smoking rotten eggs. Yeah, where do they start testing for heavy metals? Same difference. You know? Yeah, right. And so uh, less is more. So as I'm giving them, uh, like the, I give them my microbes, I give them a once a week treat of recharge. Maybe at the end, at maybe once a week, I would give them a, a treat of this as well. Once a week, four weeks in a row. That's Do what you, I'd recommend. Can you put anything else in it? Can you put a little fertilizer in it or you just, you know, you just want to use it as a standalone? You know, I wouldn't recommend a fertilizer right now. Not that I'm concerned. It's, it's, well, I haven't tested it that got way. Got it, got and it. So I can't say that it's the best. And, and honestly, if you have this dose out, I would spray this and do a foliar uh, nutrient application if you're going to do that sure. on a separate day. So is this a complete IPM? If we're using, I mean, an integrated pest management system, uh, you cycle through products. And I guess I should also ask, is, is there any, can they build resistance? I've heard, you know, the bug lady says there's no resistance to being eaten. Is there any resistance to being choked out? I don't think there's any resistance being choked out. No, I think that you think about these different preventative solutions as having targeted functions. And so this is going to be a great solution right now, we're going to say, because it's on the label for thrips and, and mites. Which sounds too good to be true. Uh, two-spotted spider mite is like the scourge of our industry. Oh, it it's works cute. really good. Yeah, it's, You know, I think that russets are a, are a real oh, challenge, yeah. too. Oh, because you can't see them. They're so exactly. tiny. Exactly. So those two, to me, make the very top of the list of mm-hmm. being very problematic. Yes. Ooh, and then more he, and more even after thrips. that, root aphids, too, where they just get misidentified as fungus gnats that won't go away oh, for yeah. a really long time. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah. suck, too. Once they get in, it's just hard to get rid of them. Oh, I'm 
almost impossible without yeah, start over again. starting over. start over and, so, and we have the the grape and wine industry in california to thank for that superbug well did you hear about where russet mites came from no i think this is true but i'm gonna guess russet potatoes <laughs> <laughs> seems logical that. right but so here's what i heard that california again they're trying to get uh, rid of the thistle that was growing wild through the through, on the highways and everything. Right, and the russet mites uh, would eat eat it. So this is what I heard that uh, some of the regulators, government conspiracy, coming as a as a biocontrol for the for the thistle that was growing the invasive thistle. Right. And it turns out that there's more yummy plants than thistle in uh, California. and so, so they didn't even go after the thistle. That's what I understand. That doesn't surprise me in the least, <laughs> does it? In, in one of the that's biggest different. agricultural states in the country, or actually the biggest, right. you'd think they'd be a little bit more careful about that. Yeah, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing, though. It, time and time again, the, the use of biology. So like uh, I think integrated pest management and using insects is, is brilliant. And it works so good. Absolutely. And I would not avoid doing that through the entire growing season. And those are one of the, the one of the solutions that right. you can keep going through the bloom cycle. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So I we use so. this as a, as a prophylactic, as a preventative. And then as we go into late flowering, or even early flowering, well, after week two, it might be smart to introduce some beneficials. Is that right? Yeah, I would do it. I mean, I would, I would keep them going. And, and you, you have uh, different iterations of beneficials that you're going to introduce across the, the rest right. of the growing season. Right. Absolutely. As long as I don't end up smoking my, end up smoking my bugs at the end of the uh, harvest. What do you think about that? I had someone ask a question once. Well, the bugs kind of, they have to defecate at some point. Am I smoking like bug defecation on my buds? Huh. Hmm, that's yeah. a good one. Probably are a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. <laughs> it's better than smoking spider bite bodies. And it's better than smoking chemicals. Yeah, or chemicals. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, my, my great grandpa told me, you eat at least a peck of shit in your life, man. Just a peck. Bush on a peck. <laughs> Someone told me that there's you could you could you could actually detect feces on ninety nine percent of the coffee mugs in the world. Try your cell phone, brother. That's, oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, cell phones. I know for a fact. And peach, if you touch petri dishes on microbial populations, it's on true, stuff, it's true. cell phones are more disgusting <laughs> than like the underside of a toilet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, that's that should be our next microbial product: cell phone bacteria. <laughs> so if the time we've eaten a little bit of bug shit in our lives, smoked a little bit of bug shit and it won't We're okay with that, aren't we? Yeah, we're okay with that. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything you can do about that. Actually, I do know. You cannot get bugs in the first place, bro. Bam. Yeah, so I guess that How do you do that? By being preventative? Absolutely. IPM. IPM. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and so we just use this from week one on, and uh, I call you if I ever get bugs. Yeah, you can call me. <laughs> just, just call me. All right, but for real, I'm going to wrap this up. But use this from uh, hardened off clones to about week two in flowering. The safe? Yeah, max week two in flowering. We like to see four weeks in a row through veg. That's really solid. Right. And if you want to push it, I think you can push it in a couple weeks of veg and a couple weeks of bloom. The reason I don't like pushing it past is because I don't want to get exposure to any oil on flower. Yeah, I agree. I agree because it's going to yeah. concentrate. And I mean, this smells like my spaghetti sauce. It smells like a, a little hint of thyme in it, but we've got to let that dissipate. So six weeks of, of growth. Easy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. 
I like it. All right, man. I'm, is this mine? I get to give it a try. I've it's got yours. thrips. Yep, it's yours to try. Wait, give me the, give me the application rate. As long as we're being specific here, it's man. Twelve, uh, roughly twelve mils per five hundred mil on a spray bottle. Okay. With 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 that volume, I think it's one mil of a of a wetting agent or surfactant, kind of the same thing. Sure. And there's a bunch of them on the market. You, can you give me any that, that just in case people don't know about them or just type Cocoa surfactant? Wet. Co- oh yeah, we use Cocoa that's wet. an easy one. Yeah, everyone that's knows an that easy one. one. Yeah. Excellent. All right, I'm going to use this. Stay tuned, y'all. You know, we do Grow Talk every uh, a few times a week. And right now I have thrips. Let's see if I don't have them in a week. Yes. Or a couple, a couple weeks. What's the, uh, four how long? Weeks. Four weeks till it knocks them down? Yeah. I, I think four weeks application, you'll start seeing that knockdown. Right. And we want to hear your feedback. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, man. I appreciate you always innovating. This is a Fort Collins company. I'm proud yeah. of you, man. I got you, man. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Tight work, brother. Some people love to blaze up the tank. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss man is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a tune. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bomb. to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the good on It's just weed It's just weed I like to smoke it out of me Just look at how he 